Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I am your host, Jake Javarelli, and I have no co-host tonight. I don't know where my co-hosts have gotten to. You're just going to have to listen to me. Anyways, uh, thank you all for showing up tonight and listening to the podcast. I don't necessarily released exactly at the time that we record it, and we have been talking about the possibility of doing this live. We haven't gotten there yet, mainly because nobody shows up on time. Anyways, besides that, <laughs> let's get on to the top 10 daily stats. As you can see here from CoinGecko, I'm going to hit the refresh because this always changes. And it did actually change a little bit today, even though it was on its way up. It came right back down again in the last little bit. At the top, we have Bitcoin, as we always do, at 41031 cents. A seven-day loss of two and a two point three percent, roughly, and a market cap of just getting close to eight hundred billion dollars at seven hundred seventy-eight ninety-two or nine nine ninety-two. And Ethereum, second place, at a one point three percent seven-day gain, and a twenty-seven sixty-seven oh nine price, and a market cap of three thirty-one point eight six seven billion dollars. And you can see over there on the right that it is going up, up. Go back up again. Everybody needs to go back up again. Tether is in third place, but it's a stable coin, so it doesn't really change. Even though you can see here that it's not a dollar. But it's that it does not show any change for some reason, though it's not a dollar. It's kind of weird. Um, but it's it's supposed to be close. I mean, 0.999, that's pretty close to a dollar. And its current market cap is $80.1 billion. It's also quite a lot of trade going on here. As you can see, about $50, 50 billion, almost its entire market cap in trade. Actually, it's been higher than the entire market cap and trade before. Binance is in fourth place at 383.27, a seven-day loss of 2.6%, and a market cap of 64.65 billion dollars. It's down a little bit, but not down by a whole lot. USD coin is also a stable coin, so it is not moving very much, but it is not point. It's 0.998 there, as you can see. Market cap of 52.5 billion dollars. In sixth position is Ripple. Chicken Terra out of its, you know, place where it's been all this time. <laughs> uh, it's up 2.8% against Terra's, you know, drop of almost 12%, but we'll get there. Current price of Ripple is 0.78 or 78 cents, 78.9 cents. And a market cap of $37.9 billion. Terra falling, as I said, quite a bit, double digits to 87.54. Market cap of 32 0.3 billion and a 12% loss. Ouch, Terra, what are you doing? Solana, currently neck and neck with Terra, actually, as far as price goes, 88.4 in eighth position here, a 0.2% gain. It's really kind of not moved very much at all. Although you can see it that in the last 24 hours it's moved quite a lot. And a market cap of $28 billion even. Cardano is currently in ninth place, fell Light, slightly less than half, slightly less than a percent. Current price eighty four three, and a market cap of twenty six point eight billion dollars. And then Polkadot rounding out the top ten with a price of nineteen oh nine at this very moment. Although it's probably already changed, a six point eight percent gain over the last week. Well, the market's kind of all over the place, isn't it? And a total market cap of twenty point seven billion. And then of course the following three, or probably five: Avalanche, Binance USD, which is a stablecoin. Dogecoin, Terra, another stablecoin, and Shiba Inu wrapping out the, the uh, top 15. 
Bitcoin dominance is currently at 40.9%, slightly higher than two uh, what two fifths of the entire uh, market. But Ethereum's been losing a lot lately. It's still at 17.4% um, down there. It's no longer half of the value of Bitcoin. It's slightly less than half. And if you haven't already, I highly recommend that you pick up your um, coins, rather from CoinGecko, the rewards, little candies you can get. There are all kinds of things like NFTs and discounts and books that you can get from engaging here with CoinGecko's coin or candies rewards program. And to round out the uh, top 10, what is our total market cap for the entire entirety of all crypto? 1.904 trillion US dollars current value of the entire market cap. I, I, I don't know if I can show that to you, but it's, it's up 1.5% in the last 24 hours. Um, it's more than the total amount of Bitcoin. Right, because Bitcoin's only 40%. So if you divide this number by 40% and the total number of Bitcoin, you'd get the total. So it's probably on the order of, you know, 50 million Bitcoin value if you want to do it in something other than US dollars. So let's get to the news since that's what we're all here for. But before we do that, I just want to say to you guys, thank you for listening in. And if you're watching me show this to this video section here on, on YouTube, I appreciate a like for the channel. Um, you can always get us on Discord. Um, you can also get us, uh, if you'd like to support us, through Patreon or through uh, Direct Coin. Uh, um, what's it? Offerings <laughs> of uh, Binance, Ethereum, uh, Basic Attention, Raven, Dynamo. If you want to donate Dynamo, we'll accept that too. All those, inf all the information is in the link down below, at the bottom of the uh, rather description area bottom in particular with YouTube. So let's get to the news. Uh, let's say, yes, we, we are subscribers. That's kind of funny. I think this is because I'm in private mode here. The news. Uh, Kazakhstan shuts down 106 crypto mining farms. This article from Dimitar Zanzarov. Dimitar, sorry. The government of Kazakhstan identified 106 crypto mining farms that operate without necessary licenses. The authorities halted 51 of them, while 55 ceased their operations voluntarily. I think I would if my government cracked down. At least initially I would. Um, earlier this year, Kazakhstan declared war on illegal digital asset mining farms. Minister Bad Bad uh, Musin claimed, let me boost the size of this so you all can see it if you're on a smaller device, claimed that they would could negatively impact the nation's energy network. Quote, gray miners are doing a lot of harm to our power grid. The energy costs of illegal mining are estimated to exceed one gigawatt. Is that one gigawatt per moment or one gigawatt per year? It's a lot of power. A lot of power. According to a recent announcement, authorities forced 106 crypto mining far farms to halt their activities. 55 of those, of course, shut down voluntarily. The other 51 suspected of tax evasion and operating on special economic zones without regulatory approval were terminated by law enforcement. The investigation further revealed that some popular political and business figures were behind the illegal companies. These include Bolat Nazarbayev, the brother of the former president, Nursultan Nazarbayev, uh, Kairat uh, Ig, oh man, uh, Itig 
Minov, Kazakhstan's 17th richest man. I don't know if that's a title I'd want, but all right. And Alexander Klebanov, the chairman of the Central Asian Electric Power Corp. Oh, the Power Corp guy was behind it. Oh, that's not good. Additionally, the authorities confiscated over 65,000 pieces of mining equipment from those farms. Of course, they're going to put it in, into operation. No, I can't do that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> $190 million worth. The, uh, they also opened 25 criminal cases against people related to the companies. It's worth noting that cryptocurrency mining is an important niche for Kazakhstan. The former Soviet state accounts for 18% of the global hash rate. The U.S. is the only nation ahead of that with 35.4%. Kazakhstan just shut down 18% of the entire network. Who's, take, who's picking it up? Vietnam? Uh, in February, the government identified and halted the activities of 13 cryptocurrency mining farms. The entities were located all over the country in regions like Turkestan, Pavlodar, uh, Karaganda, and Akmola. And I'm, I'm not trying to make it sound like I have some kind of accent. I'm just pronouncing the way it sounds like it should be pronounced to me. Uh, and the, the region of Kostanai. I hope that's correct. According to estimations, the farm collectively employed an electricity capacity of over 200 megawatts. Quite a bit. Indeed, that is. Nevertheless, President Tokayev uh, stated that the government will not disturb white miners. I'm guessing those are good miners. Uh, who, ones that have you know, registered. Who received the necessary approval to execute their operations. Quote, the government is not opposed to white miners, but people who want to operate in this sector must have a license to get their electricity at the appropriate tariffs, declare their income, and pay taxes and get involved in green politics and projects, rather. So it's, uh, yeah, um, it's unfortunate that 106 crypto mining companies uh, were not operating legally, but I guess uh, maybe the problem comes down to the fact that uh, they just aren't as you know, regulate, regulated, but now it's pretty obvious that Kazakhstan is getting back online with appropriate uh, legislation and uh, crackdown. Hey, John, how you doing? You there, John? I can see you. All right, well, I'm going to continue on with the news, and if, John, you want to come in and read some with me, well, we'll do that, too. Continuing on with Andrew Thorvalos's MetaMask token confirmed DAO in the plans. That's a decentralized autonomous organization. The popular Ethereum wallet MetaMask is officially launching its own token, as confirmed by Consensus CEO Joseph Lubin. The team will also reportedly launch a decentralized autonomous organization, or DAO, for uh, DAO for funding the wallet's growth. MetaMask competes with other self-custodial wallets like MyEtherWallet and never heard of my ether wallet and coinbase wallet for interacting with web3 individuals and institutions can use the wallet to uh, use their ethereum and other smart contract chains for minting nfts accepting DeFi, and other things a lot of other things just as a side note to metamask there are a lot of chains you can put on there i have at least six there are many more than just ethereum but that's what they started with Though DAOs are typically conceived as an alternative governance uh, model in contrast to more hierarchical corporations, MetaMask DAO will not dictate the project's growth. Rather, it will simply serve as a funding mechanism like various donation-focused DAOs have done before. Not many details were provided about the DAO aside from that. MetaMask token, which has been faked in the past, 
has also had little revealed about it. Some hope that it will unfold like the Uniswap token, which was airdropped on earlier users of the project. However, MetaMask head of operations confirmed last month it will not be designated as a cash grab. MetaMask has seen tremendous growth as of late, recently surpassing over 30 million monthly active users. That's up over the 40% since November when the company behind Consensus was only half its current valuation. The wallet was recently caught up in in some controversy after briefly censoring Venezuelan transactions due to the node routes to Infura being required to limit transactions from certain regions. The issue has since been fixed. Thank goodness. I'm interested in seeing how uh, MetaMask is going to deal with this token that they're going to be uh, providing. Uh, but I'm glad that they pointed out that it's not all about a cash grab. I know a lot of people think airdrops like, oh, well, if I just donate a bunch of money and use this thing a whole lot, and then I can get a bunch of stuff. Well, I've been, you know, I've been using MetaMask for quite some time, and um, maybe maybe I'll get something out of it. I don't know, but I, I don't care if they have a coin. Extending <laughs> on to the next article, also by Andrew Thovalos, uh, President Zelensky of Ukraine signs virtual asset bill to legalize crypto. Yay, Zelensky, go! Ukraine's president has officially signed the virtual asset bill to legalize cryptocurrency for income exchange and businesses as approved by parliament last month. This comes after weeks of financial support from the crypto community for help in fending off Russia's invasion. According to a statement from the Ministry of Digital Transformation of Ukraine, that's a very interesting name, the new law creates conditions for a legal virtual asset market in the country. It will be regulated by the National Securities and Stock Market Commission alongside the National Bank of Ukraine. The commission will form and implement state policy on crypto and issue permits to crypto service providers while financially monitoring the area. The law will also provide conditions for the registration of virtual asset companies and for formation of the legal field in the virtual asset market. A different version of this bill was passed by Parliament months ago, but set back by President Zelensky due to a provision for the new body dedicated to to regulating digital assets. The new bill contains the president's preferred amendments. Ukraine is already one of the top five countries in the world for cryptocurrency usage, making the law's approval somewhat overdue. It comes shortly after Dubai established its virtual asset regulatory authority uh, and after U.S. President Joe Biden signed an executive order on crypto industry oversight. Some have feared that the crypto that crypto could weaken the West's economic punishment against Russia following its invasion of Ukraine last month. On the contrary, virtual assets have been overwhelmingly beneficial to Ukraine during the conflict and the nation receiving over $100 million in crypto donations in less than a month. That's quite a bit of cash. The nation is even preparing to launch an NFT collection about the Russian war following a canceled airdrop. Still don't know if that's a good idea. Hey, commemorate this terrible event with an NFT. Anyways, um, I'm guessing it's just to help them get more money, which is not a bad thing at this time of need, even though it would be interesting to see that if Ukraine became a more valuable country, like is having more money uh, just in general, would they then be, you know, something of of use to the west i don't know i i i hate to put things in the terms of money but that's what it just seems to be a, a lot about 
continuing on, and there's yet another article. Okay. Um, I don't think this is something I'm going to read all about. I just want to make mention of that Ave version 3 goes live on the mainnet, including a redesigned app. Just skipping over the news. I just want to let people know Ave's version 3 is on live. Oh, boy. Uh, continuing here. Dimitar Zanzaroff's article, U.S. authorities to return half a million dollars for the Bitcoin to a conned elderly person. Yay! I'm glad they could find the money and get it back to them. It's not FDIC because that's more money than FDIC covers. U.S. Attorney Dana J. King announced that the law enforcement seized $547,000 worth of Bitcoin from a criminal who conned an elderly person last year. The officials will return all the funds to the victim. In its latest efforts to fight fraudulent activities involving cryptocurrency, American officials confiscated more than half a million dollars in Bitcoin from a criminal. The latter drained the funds from an elderly Asheville resident last year as the sum represented his entire savings. Uh, retirement savings, part. His entire retirement savings. According to a recent announcement by the United States Department of Justice, the scammer received, deceived rather, the victim that his personal data had been used to facilitate illicit operations such as drug trafficking and money laundering. The fraudster, who identified himself as Agent James Hoffman, told the man to deposit the funds into a secure government account to protect himself. Later on, the criminal advised the victim to purchase Bitcoin through Coinbase's application and transfer the crypto asset to the aforementioned account. The con person used all his retirement savings, equaling about $547,000, to buy a little over 12 Bitcoin. Fortunately for him, Coinbase and the FBI launched an investigation and identified the scam. In the aftermath, U.S. Attorney uh, King ruled that the funds must be seized from the criminal and returned to the victim. The court officially praised the joint efforts of the FBI and Coinbase. She also noted that crypto scans usually do not have such a happy ending for victims. Quote, government imposter scams are pervasive and can be financially and psychologically devastating for those who fall prey. Thankfully, in this instance, the fraud was detected quickly and the stolen funds were returned to the victim. Unfortunately, the, major, the majority of these cases do not share a similar ending, end quote. The DOJ further disclosed that the victims of such scams are often elderly people who uh, do not have the necessary financial knowledge and thus can be easily deceived. Criminals often introduce themselves as grandchildren to the elderly adults insisting on funds because they need to pay rent or, you know, repair a car. Romance scams are also not absent. In many cases, older people are lonely, and fraudsters initiate contact by presenting themselves as their online dates. Upon seeing interest, criminals ask the victims to send digital assets to dubious accounts, funds that could sponsor a vacation or, well, they could do any, anything with the money. To avoid falling into such traps, the DOJ recommends never sharing personal image information with unfamiliar individuals. People must also never transfer funds to unknown addresses and not send gift cards, checks, or money orders. Yeah, I watched this happen to my own grandmother before she passed. Not that she got taken, because she's, no, she's not a dummy, but uh, it's unfortunate to see when the elderly are scammed. How you doing, John? All good, all good. Yeah, that's unfortunate, man. Say again? It's all. It's unfortunate about that issue with the, uh, the elderly I person. But hear you. Maybe <clears throat> it's just me. Can you hear me? Um, I can hear you, but you're very quiet. Let me see if I can turn my audio up. Quiet. Hmm. Oh, there we go. Okay. Okay. Now you got me. Yeah. Now I can hear you. 
continue. Do you want to read the next one? Sure. Let's see here. Let me go back here. Bitcoin falls after Fed raises interests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, written by Andrew. Yeah, let's not. Uh, um, it's just an announcement. We don't really have to read about it. Let's just move on to the FTX article here. FTX partners with AZA Finance. Just just to make a note. Sure. So Bitcoin fell. The Fed raises interest rates. Just so everybody knows, that's why Bitcoin went down. It's not really important about all this other finance detail. We're just going to read other news. All right, so FTX? Yeah. Right, FTX partners with AZA Finance to expand crypto and Web3 in Africa. Written by Dimitar Zenzarov. The cryptocurrency exchange FTX collaborated with the fintech company AZA Fintech to expand the adoption of cryptocurrencies throughout Africa. Additionally, the two entities will aim to, con- to connect to Web3 economy. John, are you still there? John? Um, if you're still talking, I can't hear you. All right, well, I'm going to give you some time here to... Oh, am I getting... Maybe I'm going to disconnected here. Let's see. What's happening to my signal? Hold on, everybody. I just need to figure out what's going on and why I'm not connected. John, can you hear me? John, can you hear me? All right, let's see here. Just a short little break, not trying to make it. I mean, I know he's probably still talking out there, but... uh, Okay, well, I can't hear you. (laughs) Whatever happened, uh, the audio quit on my side. Yeah, I guess I'll just continue reading. I, I don't know what's going on with my headset here. Um, let me let me just log out, log back in real quick. Was it me? No, it wasn't you. I don't I don't know what happened. I'll, you don't mean to interrupt. The, mm-hmm. All I know is if I can't hear oh. you, then the system can't hear you, which means <laughs> oh, okay. you just stopped suddenly, and then I couldn't. It wasn't recording you anymore. So. Are you good now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, let's continue. One of the largest digital asset trading venues, FTX continues to strike important deals to popularize its global presence. According to a recent press release, the latest partnership is with the Kenya-based fintech firm AZA Finance. The associates outlined five key points uh, they will focus on. First, they will vow to connect African markets to the global Web3 sector by building the necessary infrastructure. Second, FTX and AZA Finance will create pathways to educate local users about Web3 and certain network opportunities. Third, FTX said it will provide its platform to African consumers to allow them to complete transactions in domestic currencies, including mobile money and local bank account integrations. Fourth, the collaboration will intend uh, to develop African currency and digital currency trading pairs. Subsequently, the initiative will focus on non-fungible tokens by introducing local NFTs and artists to the broader population of the continent. Elizabeth Roselio, CEO and founder of AZA Finance, said 
Her company is thrilled to join forces with FTX, describing the exchange's CEO Sam Bankman-Fried as exceptional. In her view, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, and Web3 will be important features in Africa's future. And the region should embrace similar opportunities. Speaking on the matter, who also Sam Bankman-Fried, <clears throat> who was also Sam Bankman-Fried, quote, we are excited to partner with AZA Finance to further expand our presence on the continent. We chose to partner with Elizabeth and her team because of the incredible work they've done across Africa. We look forward to working closely with them and the local regulatory bodies uh, to bring all of our products and services to the African market in a compliant way. African Currently, uh, Africa's current population is over 1.2 billion people, as most individuals are under 30. Moreover, it is estimated that the number of inhabitants will double between now and 2050, and the majority of them will live in urban areas. Some presume that these factors will propel further cryptocurrency and digital technology adoption on the continent in the years to come. <clears throat> In September 2021, Chainalysis revealed that Af Africa marked a 1,200% increase in the uh, in incoming crypto volume in one year. A separate study shows why Bitcoin and all altcoins had become such an attractive financial tool on the continent. For the results, nearly 70% of the local investors delved into market to delved into the market to provide a better life for their families. Around 50% allocated their salaries and digital assets to pay for the children's future education, while 43% invested in cryptocurrency to establish a fund to pass on their relatives. Only 3% admitted having no plans when dealing with their with the asset class. I mean, All right. Some, it does seem like a lot of people in Africa are using. Um, are using crypto. I mean, it's good to see oh. that that uh, FTX is is spearheading every single market they can. <laughs> you got to keep in mind that 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 mobile money's been around for a long time. That's the way Africa's pretty much been dealing with commerce for a while. So technically, they've been doing um, digital payments for for a long time. You know, they've been they've been trading their their minutes, their mobile minutes. Yep. Yeah. Phonium oh, was one of the first times I learned about mm -hmm. how how uh, active the African market was with phone transfers i thought it was a silly thing when i first saw phony i'm like wait wait what and they're like yeah this would be great in africa i'm like really and they're like yeah everybody just uses e money through their phone because everybody has a phone and it's the you know most convenient way to communicate <laughs> as if we didn't know that <laughs> but i think one of the points that I, I looked into later was that um where africa is still somewhat and this is it depends on which country you're dealing with but um still a growing you know effectively third world type place um it was easier for them to just put up uh cell sites than to string you know uh, telephone lines like we had in all the other more, more first world countries and so the reason cell phones became popular so quickly is because the really the first thing they had was cell phones not landlines i mean there are places that have landlines and major cities do but other places it just didn't so they, you know, cell phones were just easier it's been a long time since I've seen a good uh, article um, from from Africa. And this is an amazing piece here uh, by, by Dimitar. And I, I want to say this, I've only, I don't think I've said this probably this year, but in years past, I've had, I've had said uh, this, this exact statement that 
Africa will be the China 2.0 or the the next, um, I guess, um, com uh, comments that's going to be out there that's going to take over global uh, global trade. And that's the way I see it. And I think it's going to be with blockchain and Web3. It's going to be the next evolution. And Africa is going to be spearheading that. A long time ago, Africa was pretty pretty prominent on the map. It's just the Western countries didn't really think think much of it. I mean, think about uh, Northern Africa, particularly in, like Egypt, um, areas around that. It's very active. I mean, it was one of the mm -hmm. f first most active places in the world. So just because yeah, there, it's been, you know, 4,000 years since that happened doesn't mean it hasn't happened before. So, yeah, it is missed. I uh, missed the whole, um, I guess, the train on the last one when it come to, uh, I guess, crude oil and the Industrial Revolution. Now with Web3 and and uh, uh, I guess you can call it uh, clean energy. Uh, that's the way Africa is going. They're able to jump on the bandwagon there. You know, like the way we have our system set up. Uh, we're, we're, we're tethered to a grid. Africa's theory is they're going to be, you know, detached with their own little sources of either water or solar. Yeah. No, or so, wind. Yeah, we don't have the jealousy of the of the, na of the na nation states and the cities going, hey, why are you taking our, not taking our water? It's like, mm. <laughs> uh, maybe we would be better off if we just did independent stuff instead of dependent stuff. I mean, it worked for a time, and now we're switching gears again, so. Yeah. So, all right, so China... China's digital yuan could change, or could challenge the USD's dominance, CNBC expert says, again, from Tanzaroff. Richard Turin, not the father of the minor computer, <laughs> financial technology consultant at CNBC, argued that the Chinese central digi bank digital currency, or CBDC, could challenge the dominance of the American dollar this decade. Significantly, he believes the yuan, or yuan, it sounds funny, might replace its rival as the currency of choice in international trade settlements. I, I'm sure China wants that to be the case, but I, I think Bitcoin will still hold sway over it. That's just my opinion. The Chinese government is known for having one of the most hostile stances on private cryptocurrencies. Last year, the authorities imposed a total ban on all digital asset endeavors, while monetary organizations and payment companies were also prohibited from facilitating crypto transactions. On the other hand, the country has an entirely different viewpoint on the central bank digital currencies. Over the past several months, the most populated nation introduced numerous initiatives to popularize the, its E1 uh, as implemented it, uh, and implemented among the broader society. According to Richard Turin, the financial expert, of course, we just said that, China is ahead in all financial technology by a decade. In this view, the U.S. needs at least five years to launch trials for a potential digital dollar. Keeping in mind the rapid development of the yuan, uh, Turin said it could challenge the dollar's supremacy and even replace it as a currency of choice when facilitating international trades. I mean, I'm going to step in here, even though I know the article is not over with, and say anyone who uses the yuan <laughs> is an idiot because China monitors everything. If you want to be monitored, you should definitely use their electronic wand. Uh, remember, China is the largest country and you're going to see a digital wand slowly supplant the dollar by when buying things from China. If we go about five to ten years, put, guess, the digital wand 
uh, can play a significant role in reducing the dollar's usage in international trade. In addition, Turin believes many countries will become less dependent on American national currency in the years to come. Now, that I agree. What you're going to see, this is another quote, uh, in the future is a rollback, a risk management exercise that seeks to slowly and maybe just slightly reduce the dependence on the dollar from 100% down to maybe 80 or 85%. Sure. I think we're just going to move to Bitcoin. Thank you very much. <laughs> the CNBC expert also touched on the military conflict in Ukraine and crippling sanctions imposed on Russia. While many countries pardon me, declared the economic war on Putin's regime and implemented penalties on Russian banks and oligarchs, China has refused to do this. According to, Tur pardon me, according to Turin, though the Asian economic superpower will stay neutral in this dispute and will not provide further financial aid to Russia, uh, Beijing will also not offer its digital yuan to Russian citizens as an escape hatch against the sanctions concluded the financial culture. That's just the way they talk. It just sounds weird. Uh, quote, China wants eventually to have the digital yuan broadly accepted and making it a sanction buster now when it's, it's still a baby would not help in that goal. I, I think this guy has an interesting insight. I don't think he's correct, but I don't know. Um, we'll have to see. Like do the next one, John, or do you have any comments? I, I just have a little comment on that one. Sure. Uh, it's funny that you, you did quote, uh, uh, that all the people that, that don't believe about this, uh, E1, you said you said they're all idiots because China monitors everything, right? It, it's funny that you say that because literally earlier today, today at work, um, there was an article that came out about this. Uh, I think it was an elderly woman that was uh, like robbed of, of her bag out in public, and um, there was enough like I guess witnesses or anybody to really say who that robber was. But ended up leaving that elderly woman, you know, pretty bruised up uh, when she was, you know advantage of at that moment mm -hmm. and a lot of people a lot so the co-workers this morning were talking about you know hey we need to be more like china we need to have more digital <laughs> cameras we need more license plate readers and and we need to be able to trace people's data you know like like it, it, the only the only people that's really affecting this is and i'm i'm little i didn't say anything dude i just let them talk amongst each other and i hear them you know pump each other like whatever okay so they literally said, hey, we need more digital cameras put up. We need more license plate readers. And we need more uh, um, uh, the ability to data track where, where this, this, I guess, money's being spent, right? And I'm like, kind of all exist already, but okay. Anyways, um, I guess within the states is what they're saying, you know, uh, here in California. Um, I... I was mind blown, and they, they they pretty much like their defense is you know it it shouldn't bother the 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 average person because the average person is not a criminal. Mm -hmm. so the only person that should be scared of uh, of that stuff uh, that's being monitored by the government, you know, being you know Big Brother there, like literally watching you every every single step, is if you're a criminal, if you're a bad guy, if you're not, then then you don't need to worry about that stuff. You yeah. know? who there, cares about license plate readers? There is a famous quote, and I cannot think of the guy's name at the moment, but he used to be the CEO of Google who said. Basically, this, the same thing that happened in McCarthyism was, if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to worry about. It, the, the thing that's so sad is, and I think, I don't know if you said this in the last podcast or not, or the one before that, but uh, that you're right. You don't have anything to worry about if you have nothing to hide. But 
when people get their hands on a lot of power, there's another phrase that comes up, and that is absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think the one was money's the root of all evil. Anyways, um, <laughs> the it's not that good people can't be trusted. Good people can be trusted. But not all people follow that idea ideology. <laughs> um, so it, it's if we're going to have more surveillance, we need to have better. Um, I'm trying to think if there's even a Dow way of making it surveillance of the surveillance, right? Better accountability. So after after this after this uh, half an hour conversation, yeah. uh, one of the coworkers is like, "Yeah, you know, all of this stuff is good. There just needs to be a balance between this balance. This, this power, yes. right?" Yes. I was like, "You know, that's a nice little cherry on top that he said that, man. You know, and this is a conversation that uh, they're right in front of me. They're just talking about it. I'm like, uh huh, and I'm sipping my morning coffee. Mm hmm, mm hmm. It's like, you know, uh, maybe if the elderly woman is not w- walking down a a known alley to be mugged, you know." <clears throat> I mean, you know, I'm sorry, lady, but sometimes it's more of know where you're at, know your surroundings. Right, yeah, so yeah, be aware of your surroundings, right? Um, but yeah. it, you're right. It it would be nice to not. I mean, cameras aren't going to stop thieves. A, a presence of of authority and a presence of cleanliness and you know, just goodwill um, will deter lesser, uh, less savory activity. Um, so which which is the next article that I take before my uh, social credit score goes down? <sighs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That is a reference to Chinese Wan. Uh, the Nuve partners with Ledger. Uh, okay, got it. It almost sounds like just a, a plug in. Uh, it's a plug. Yeah, we can just yeah, yeah we can just skip it and go to the next one. That's the this is okay. how South Korea's income. Yeah, this is a good yeah. One. This is a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's written by Dimitar Zenzarov. This is how South Korea's incoming president aims to turn the country into crypto hub. South Korea's newly elected president, Yoon Suk Yeol, displayed a pro. Who is it? Yo- I, I, I'd Yo? say Suk Yeol, but Suk Yeol, Suk Yeol, uh, displayed a pro crypto stance during his campaign. Among his ideas is increasing the minimum threshold for paying capital gains tax on profits f- from digital asset investments. Last week, president elect election in. Last week's presidential election in South Korea was the most contested in the East Asia country's history. The candidate on the Conservative Party, uh, Yoon Suk-yul, collected nearly uh, collected only 263,000 votes more than his opponent, the Democratic Party, uh, Lee Jae-myung. The winner who offic- who will officially step into office in May labeled his win as a victory of the great South Korean people. During his campaign, Yoon showed uh, showed he is a keen supporter of the cryptocurrency industry uh, numerous times. Initially, he promised to allow the initial coin offerings, ICOs, and another appearance, the former prosecutor said that those who generate profits of less than $40,000 per year from crypto trading will be exempt from paying taxes. Currently, such taxes are imposed on profits generated above two thousand dollars per annum. I, you know, I like this. This is a good thing. I like that. I like it too. Uh, Korea Blockchain Association, a lobby lobby group for digital asset uh, exchanges, predicted that the new president will positively impact the local cryptocurrency ecosystem. Speaking on the matter was Secretary General Yoon Seong Han. 
quote, we definitely welcome his stance as he is confident about boosting the industry as ICOs are banned now we have no choice but to issue coins in Singapore and other countries ventures and startups will be able to raise money easily from investors if the ban is lifted that was written by uh, what Andy uh, Andy Lian mm-hmm. Quote, uh, he understands the importance of crypto he understands the future and it is unstoppable It is worth noting that private digital assets are highly popular among South Koreans, as most uh, as most enthusiastic demographic groups are uh, are those in their 30s. A recent study revealed that around 50 percent of local crypto holders allocated more than eight thousand dollars each in the asset class. Not long ago, uh, Song uh, Song Byung-do, CEO of Korea Exchange, KRX argued that the country needs to study and explore ways to embrace the cryptocurrency sector. The ex- uh, executive outlined that there are around 5 million local investors while the daily market trading volume is about $12 billion. If the nation does not engage further with the asset class, it could fall behind other countries that have already opened their arms to it. Quote, now is the time for exchanges to compete directly with overseas exchange good thing man i like the positive attitude i love it man just spearhead crypto boom do it go south I korea have, and actually they were for the long for the i was gonna say at the beginning when pretty much just crypto was around or in, the, in the early days i remember south korea was pretty much spearheading all the uh i guess you can call it the funds of the the liquidity into crypto in, in, itself now I'm not sure where where it's who's who's maybe China. I think China's uh it now. But I remember in the early days it was South Korea. Yeah, they do tend to get toward the tech ideas pretty fast. So I'm I'm glad that they're moving to it. I guess I had a slight question um, as to whether the new South Korean president is being motivated by money or by uh, the, prospering the society. I don't know. I don't know if anyone's even talked about that. Um, but I don't get the impression that his motive is the same as that of the, as, uh, Nayib Bukele of El Salvador. So. And I do have a little concern about just, uh, just pretty much focusing on ICOs. Like what's the whole big deal about ICOs? Yeah. 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 It makes you wonder as a president, is he, is he involved in this? Is someone paying exactly. him? Exactly. You know, That's my curiosity as well. Exactly. So it's kind of yeah. like, Cause it, Crypto is massive, man. It's so massive now. Like, why are you just focusing on one thing? Yeah. ICOs. You know what's yeah. going on here? Yeah. What What is it that you think will benefit the country, not just yourself? And if it is something that'll benefit the country, I can see why you're doing it. If it's If it's just you, then you're going to be embroiled in a scandal, dude. And just don't do it. You know. Don't do it. I don't know if that's the case, but we'll find out. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Continuing on with DeFi protocols, Agave, Hundred Finance, hacked. Tacker steals eleven million dollars worth of crypto. I want to see if I can get through this quickly because it's not short. Um, Shiny Kadeka writes, writes this. Not one, but two decentralized finance and DeFi protocols, Agave and 100 Finance, were exploited in a fresh case of the re-entrancy attack. The hacker reportedly managed to siphon $11 million in wrapped ETH, Bitcoin, uh, wrapped Bitcoin, rather, Chainlink, USDC, Gnosis, and wrapped XDAI, uh, or that's DAI, basically, uh, on DeFi protocols from the Gnosis chain using a flash loan exploit, which is a problem that's been plaguing 
DeFi for a while now. Uh, she didn't write that part. I'm just making my commentary. Gauging at the data available on Tenderly for both breaches, it was found that the hacker exploited a re-entry bug into the two protocols. For the uninitiated, uh, uninitiated rather, those who don't know, re-entrancy is a vulnerability in the solid Solidity programming language that enables a malicious entity to deceive a protocol's smart contract into making an external call to an untrusted contract. After the attacker gains control of the untrusted contract, they can make recursive calls to the original function to drain its funds. Blockchain and security researchers Mudip Gupta uh, revealed that the official bridged tokens on Gnosis are the main culprit and stated that they are non-standard and have a hook that calls the token receiver on every transfer. He added that this is what allows reentrancy attacks. So we need to fix that or stop it. Agave is a fork of the DeFi lending platform Aave, while the multi-chain lending project 100 Finance is a fork of Compound, Gupta also claimed that Compound does not follow the recommended checks effects interactions pattern despite referring to it. The reagency attacks become more staggering since the code executes interactions before applying the effects. <laughs> On the other hand, uh, Ave tries to follow the aforementioned checks effects interactions pattern. However, there exists a path via liquidations using which, uh, pardon me, uh, via li liquidations using which the attacker broke the pattern in the recent attack. He went on to add, quote, the Agave and 100 protocol teams messed up by listing a token that can re-enter. Ave and compound governance actively checked for re-entrancy before listing tokens on the mainnet to avoid similar attacks. You got screwed because you were stupid. Popular DeFi lending platform Cream Finance, which shares a similar code base to that of Compound, was also exploited for $18.8 million flash loan re-entrancy attack in August of last year. Yeah, if you think you're safe, you're not. According to a developer of the DeFi protocol dance floor, Shigan, the funds are not safe. However, Martin Koppelman, the founder of Gnosis, said he would support a measure from the DAO. The teams behind 100 Finance and Agave are, is currently investigating the exploits and has paused the contracts. The only thing I want to make a comment in this is when you start seeing the money rolling in and you're thinking, oh, this is great. We're making money. Oh, look, we're doing really great. People, It's because people are, and I, think, I hate to put it this way, but having been a programmer before, um, and particularly when money or, or prestige are at stake, not always true with whatever program you wrote, but sometimes it is, people will exploit the shit out of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And okay. I've seen this so much when it comes to gaming in particular, and that's what I was going to compare it to, is that there was, there was a guy, I can't remember his name, was, uh, in the World of Warcraft gaming scene, um, who became very popular on, on YouTube uh, and Twitch because of his hacks. He would basically test things that weren't technically against the rules. And when they got him to work, he would use them. And sometimes he wouldn't talk about it until after he'd you know, exploited it. Of course, this got him banned from the game but uh, multiple times. <laughs> but the uh, uh, people do this. Everyone's – people, when they – how do I put it exactly? Uh, when you make a great tool, you don't just make it for the good people. And that's what I mean by my own experience. I've made tools that I thought were good, and people use them for nefarious purposes. 
rule over the world. Yeah, it's just oh, no. it's just sad. It's like uh, yeah. you need to test before you submit, and if you don't, this is what happens. Someone will test for you and steal your money. <laughs> so it's happening. Would you say every day in crypto? Pretty much. It's probably happening on smaller yeah. on smaller scales with some other places. But, only when but, they get bigger like so this. So it's 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 happening in centralized and decentralized. How about that? That's a better quote. Yeah, it's 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 mainly because so much I, money I, is involved. And when a person finds out that they can steal millions, they're not going to stop until they get as much yeah. as they can out of you. So I think I think it's easier to, <clears throat> to DDoS a centralized uh, site like like Pizza Hut or, or Twitter and, and and siphon out the funds out of there um, if there's any funds on there. All right, so HSBC. Where are we at? Sure. Let's see here. Um, HSBC enters the metaverse by partnering with The Sandbox. This is written by Jordan Lyonjev. HSBC, a British banking organization with little to no positive words and approach to the cryptocurrency industry until recently, will collaborate with The Sandbox to foray into the metaverse. The announcement from the Animoca brand's subsidiary informed that the new partnership will allow the banking giant to open up a host of opportunities for virtual virtual communities across the world to engage with global financial services providers and sports communities in the sandbox metaverse. What? That's pretty cool, man. <clears throat> HSBC will purchase virtual real estate in the metaverse in the form of land. It will use uh, it will use it to connect and engage with sports, esports, and gaming enthusiasts. Read the state. Uh, Read a statement. Speaking of the matter, uh, was HSBC Chief Marketing Officer of the Asian Pacific Region. <clears throat> Quote, uh, the metaverse is how people will experience Web3, the next generation of the Internet, using immersive technologies like augmented reality, virtual reality, and extended reality. Through our partnership with The Sandbox, we are making our foray into the metaverse, allowing us to create innovative brand experience experiences for new and existing customers the sandbox has been among the leaders in terms of metaverse adoption for the cryptocurrency space with multiple notable partnership in the past several months the latest one came two weeks ago and was with the k-pop agency cube it's worth noting that hsbc has been rather critical of the cryptocurrency space in the past in January last year, the banking organization blocked UK residents from transferring funds from exchanges to their banking accounts. Just a few months ago, a few months down the line, the bank's CEO, Noel Quinn, said that the institution was, quote, not into Bitcoin. However, the bank participated in a funding round from Consensus in late 2021 worth $200 million. Additionally, it partnered with Wells Fargo to use blockchain to settle Forex transactions. Of course, you know, hey, it's bad, but we're going to use it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's only good if you use our technology. Yeah, right. And well, I mean, we'll charge you a premium fee on that. Exactly. <sighs> you know, HSBC for years, man, I remember the early days, HSBC was talking big smack about Bitcoin, man. And apparently it still is. You know, it's one of those things that I, I don't do anything with HSBC. But uh, I remember they were just, Pushing it down. Bitcoin is garbage. Bitcoin is for the criminals. Like, hey, you, you, you just never even read the damn white paper, man. <laughs> it's just talking about the smack. Oh, it's, it's funny that, that uh, it goes for the same thing. I, I'm going to compare the, the uh, lawsuit between Oracle and Google 
uh, like almost a decade ago now. I think it was over a decade ago now. Well, at least when they instituted it um, uh, over APIs. Uh, and they're saying, oh, well, you know, you used the software from the company that, that we bought. And now you have to pay us. And it's like, if Android had never been, this is what they were showing over, showing APIs for Android. Um, if Android had never been profitable and never had made hardly any money at all, make, let's say they made a million dollars or something, mm-hmm. Oracle would never have sued them, sued Google. There, there would be no reason to. It's only about the money. It's always about the money. And HSBC only changed their tune when it became a money thing. Like, oh, oh, we can make billions? Oh, oh yeah, we like crypto. You're, you're not a true believer. You're a bro. You're a crypto bro, HSBC. You're a crypto bro. I'm sorry. There you go. Continuing on with the remnants of what happened to Facebook's coin, DM. Oh. By Martin Young. DM developers raised $200 million to build Aptos blockchain. Former, former Meta employees. Okay, so Meta, formerly Facebook, threw in the towel on its grand plans to create a digital currency last year. Possibly because the U.S. government said, Stop! Earlier, All the, the global governments, man. Well, yeah, anyways. Um, earlier in 2022, though, it sold the remaining assets to Silvergate Capital for $182 million. Still not a bad sale. There's hardly anything compared to what Facebook makes, right? The team behind the original DM project announced that they were working on a new blockchain called Aptos. And, you know, that's, isn't that a, a town in Santa Cruz? Um or near Santa Cruz, in late February. On March 15th, they outlined a massive funding round from crypto VCs. The startup has closed a $200 million strategic investment led by Andreessen Horowitz, A16Z, and uh, rather with participation from Tiger Global, Multicoin Capital, three hours, a whole bunch of other people. Don't care who they are. Building, <laughs> Aptos team stated that they will be licensing or utilizing any of the DM, or they will not be licensing or utilizing any of the DM intellectual property that Silvergate owns because they built their own blockchain, according to TechCrunch. The company's valuation was not disclosed. They just talked about $200 billion. Anyways, but it's likely to be over a billion dollars. That's what they'd like you to think, according to the founders. Yeah, oh yeah, it's definitely a billion. Mm-hmm, sure, sure. No, it, it could be like 10, you know, like Trump says. It's, it's either one or 10. Some, it's a big number. Big number. Those up my hands, they're big. You know. Who said it will? It was into the unicorn territory, whatever. Aptos is yet a, another layer one blockchain that puts it in competition with Ethereum and Solana. Don't they wish? Um, <laughs> it uses coding language called Move, uh, with which it aims to attract a large number of developers from existing networks. Aptos CEO Mo Sh- uh, Shake, yeah, Mo Shake. Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Uh, who previously worked on Meta's wallet Novi, wallet called Novi rather, said he's he had close connections with the Ethereum community, uh, which the, which the team wants to be part of. Quote: We want to be a part of the ecosystem. We're not here to necessarily compete. That's a bunch of BS. We want to complete them and the challenges the community faces whether it's something like the wormhole event that took place give us clear indication that things have to be built responsibly from the ground up end quote furthermore aptos has formally launched its devnet allowing 
programmers to experiment and build apps on the blockchain ahead. The team hopes that the mainnet will be launched sometime in Q3. The report added that a number of prominent crypto firms have already engaged with it, including these names, which I'm not going to read off, but I guess Binance and Coinbase are in there. Aptos CTO Avery Ching commented that current blockchains are just not as reliable as existing financial rails. We've seen issues of downtime and outages that last for hours, presumably in reference to Solana's multiple recent outages. Aptos is entering an increasingly crowded space that already has countless blockchain networks essentially doing the same thing. Well, obviously it's working. Otherwise, why would they do it? But they think they can do it better. And I'm sorry if I'm just laughing in the face of this uh, article, but it's, you know, I think my company is worth a billion dollars, but I don't think anybody else does except me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So just because you got some money doesn't mean you're actually worth that much money. It's, and even if people gave you a bunch of money, you're still, it's just speculative, which is like, so it's like if I bought, if I, let's say I had 10 million shares in my company mm-hmm. and I sold one share for $100, that would mean that my company is effectively worth a billion dollars because one share is worth $100, which means that if you populate all the rest of them, at billion dollars. Um, but uh, that's, you know, it's like I said, it's speculative. Everybody tries to do that, but it, it's, you know, anyways, I'm just mocking them. <laughs> the last article I had yeah, up here I was think, from... I think they lost their chance. I think I think DM lost their chance to really, well, come, to, if, really to really do something. I mean, they're already dealing with a, lot, a good chunk of change, so hopefully something yes. good can come of all that money spent on, on them already. Mm-hmm. So, um, Chinese police crack... Cracked a $60 million crypto pyramid scheme. Okay, so this one's written by Dimitar Zenzarov. Chinese police cracked a $16 million crypto pyramid scheme report. The Shanghai Public Security Bureau and the Yangpu Public Security Bureau uh, conducted a joint investigation on pyramid schemes using cryptocurrencies. Shortly after, the authorities busted an online platform which drained nearly $16 million in digital assets from its victims over the years. According to a local report, the organization started its illegal activity in June 2020, and its leader was a criminal suspect named Moo. 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 Sorry. (laughs) The latter established a blockchain technology company to provide crypto uh, services to customers, promising investors high returns to attract more users and expand the scale of the organization's Moo's platform also distributed numerous uh, uh, promotion awards and marketing initiatives. It is believed that the company had around 60,000 active members at one point. Nearly six months ago, the Shanghai police detected dubious activities from the organization and conducted a thorough investigation. It found out that the token provided for sale had no market value and were illegal. As a result, the authorities asked the Ministry of Public Security to launch a nationwide cloud operation against the suspected firm. In the aftermath, the police arrested 10 people connected to the criminal entity. It also revealed that the company had drained 100 million yuan, approximately $15.7 million, from its victims during its existence. The Shanghai officials praised the investigations by saying that this is the first crack cracked crypto pyramid scheme in the history of the city. Moreover, they gave tips to locals 
on how to protect themselves from being connected in the future. Conned. Conned in the future. Conned. Oh, oh, sorry. Conned. Conned in the future. <clears throat> the general public should raise awareness of risk prevention and consciously resist pyramid schemes. The Shanghai Public Security Economic Investigation Department will also continue to crack down on economic crimes that endanger the legitimate rights and interests of citizens and effectively protect the legitimate rights and interests of consumers. Despite having a hostile stance on private cryptocurrencies, China is much more open towards the other niche, niches of the digital sector, such as CBDCs and the metaverse. As Crypto Potato reported earlier today, Shanghai included the latter of its five-year developed uh, development plans. Specifically, the megalopolis uh, officials aim to encourage the application of the metaverse in areas such as public services, business offices, social entertainment, industrial manufacturing, production safety, and electronic games. As well as personal surveillance. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's just... Hold on. Let me just wipe that uh, under the rug here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so like, you know, we're basically wanting to be into everything you're into. And uh, remember social, uh, what was it called? Social equity that... that, uh, that social credit, yeah. Yeah, social credit that... Uh, I mean, it, it's, really, it's really disgusting because the Karens of China, I don't know what they would actually be called in China, um, <laughs> uh, we're going to make people's lives absolute hell. And the thing that the only thing of it is it can still flip back on people. So it's like if you did something that was like reporting and this is the problem. There's a uh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, ADV China is a YouTube channel I followed for a very long time and I haven't really been watching them lately because they've turned a little bit weird. Anyways, they're very conspiracy theory right now, but they're probably not wrong. I guess what I'm trying to get at is that they uh, talked about a man in China who was basically ratted out by a Karen, a Chinese Karen. Um, and the uh, local official, uh, you know, for the government, docked him like a thousand social credit. And it made, at that point, because you know, I think they, they start you out at 2,000, and, you know, a thousand's huge. That's a gargantuan half of everything he had. And he had mm -hmm. the way that you get it back is by doing public service. You know, like public work, you know, cleaning the street or, or helping people out with basically things like that. Like, you're not technically in jail, but it, it's kind of like that. You can't leave the country. You can't travel anywhere outside your province. Um, you have to be, you're basically like being grounded by, by the government. And another way of getting your social uh, credit back up is by giving the government money. Kind of like taxes, but not taxes. It's just like, oh, um, you know, I had some extra money. Here's a, you know, a hundred won. You know what that you reminds me of? Here's another like hundred won. Yeah, that reminds me of the game of Monopoly. Instead of going to jail, and, and you know, you actually just 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 pay the two hundred dollars and continue going. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you pay the fee, right? Pay the fine or whatever yeah, it is. It's just yeah, it's yeah. just that if you and, and I'm not saying that the ideal of what this is is bad per se in the sense of like penalizing people, but it also incentivizes people to rat people who aren't necessarily doing things wrong. It's like if your opinion of someone is just negative and you're just a negative person and you falsely say something about someone else and get them in trouble, well, shouldn't you get in trouble, right, if you lie about someone else? And that's exactly what they did. He didn't do anything wrong. He just got ratted out to someone else who didn't like him. 
And I'm like, at that point, the system is not working for itself. It's working for the snitches. <laughs> so. Did you, did you know that NFTs are coming to Instagram? That's not surprising. Aren't they coming to everything? <laughs> yep. Mark Zuckerberg already confirmed it. It's coming. So anybody that, and I'm guessing Facebook's on, on, uh, on the verge as well. I'm guessing. But as of right now, NFTs are coming to Instagram. So prepare um, yourself. I, I mean, I, all right, I'll put it this way. If, if large time creators can NFT their Instagram photos and then sell them, you know, like, like uh, Dorsey did with the first mm -hmm. tweet, I, I think that might not be a bad thing. I think that's a good thing. So it's yeah, like, you I agree know, with you on if that. you want to own a famous Instagram yeah. photo, then you can. Yeah. And then that goes to the person who created uh, it. That's not a bad thing okay. at all, especially for artists. So <laughs> Fine, fine. Then how about this? Because that, that makes too much sense. This is something that doesn't make sense. Let, let, let me let me pitch this idea. It's, a, it's such a better centralized idea held by the, the Zucks. Let me, how about this? An NFT created by me, only by me. No one else can create NFTs. And you're going to buy what I sell. You know, this is the NFTs that is provided by Instagram. Nothing else. Nothing else. And on top of that, you can't sell it. You, you can only use it as, you know, part of your profile. You can post it. But you can't sell it, you know. You think that's what it is, or that's what it, you think it is? I don't know. I can read yeah. the article, dude. I, there's an article here that was from yesterday. You want to read it? Right. Sounds pretty. I, I, you know what? Let, let me read it. This is right, Let me this find it. Hold on. Let me find it. So you can listen. Okay. I can actually show it on the screen here. Oh, yeah. Here we go. All right. I popped it up on screen. Yeah, yeah. NFTs are coming to Instagram, confirms Mark Zuckerberg, written by Andrew Thorvalis. Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Meta, formerly Facebook, owner of Instagram, revealed today that the Instagram... That, the, that, that Instagram will be integrating NFTs into its platform. Speaking at SXSW, the billionaire confirmed that the digital collectibles would come to Instagram in the near term. He shared little details about what roles NFTs would play on the platform, but suggested that the people could both show off their current NFTs and even mint new ones. I'm not ready to kind of announce exactly what's going to be uh, what that's going to be today he said but over the next several months the ability to bring some of your nfts in hopefully over time we'll be able to mint uh, things within that environment zuckerberg's interest in nfts is no surprise he rebranded his company to meta in october of last year focusing on the growing virtual world concept called the metaverse in which nfts and crypto will presumably be central the CEO expressed hope that the NFTs could at least play a role in Meta's own metaverse. Quote, I would hope that you know the clothing that your avatar is wearing in the metaverse, you know, can be basically minted as an NFT. And you can take it between your different places, he said. Ugh, ugh, exactly what I was telling you, man. Exactly what I was telling you. So you basically don't have the... Oh, we'll hold on. Oh, yeah. Instagram wouldn't... <laughs> be the only social platform to take interest. Twitter has already integrated NFT profile pictures and Ethereum wallet connectivity for its Twitter Blue subscribers. So it sounds, I don't know, I, 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 I'm grinding my teeth on this one really bad, grinding my gears, seriously. This is this is horrible, man. It sounds like you, in order for them to, you gotta use, their, you gotta use the, the, the metal wallet, I'm sure, the metal uh, crypto wallet. I'm sure you got a KYC AML if you haven't already. I don't know if that's uh, part of social media. Do you have to do that? I don't know. KYC AML for, for social media? I 
I think so. I know for Facebook, they want to know who you really are because, I mean, I don't think they make you use your, your you know, driver's license or authentic ID for the state. But oh, yeah. they do at least want you to have a real name. They do at least want you to have a real birthday. And, you know, I don't think, they, I don't think they're asking for social security numbers, but I, th- I know they do ask for phone numbers. So there's, there's a version of KYC, but not, not the kind that, that uh, you know, government regulated like it is with, with um, crypto exchanges. But yeah, yeah what, it, what, what do you think about this? Um, I, I, it's all right. He can do whatever he wants, right? Doesn't mean you have to participate. True. Um, it sounds. It sounds. Really I stupid, think though. they need to start somewhere, yeah. and okay. maybe they yeah, just okay. don't know what can be done with NFTs at this time. You and I know because we've been involved with this much longer. Since the advent of NFTs, we've been involved in this idea. So we know what should be done and what works better. Zuckerberg doesn't. I mean, he may have advisors. That doesn't mean those people have a a clue. I hate to say it. Um, But they're also interested in doing this to make money. So, um, you know, and they're also a corporate entity that wants to make sure that they don't lose money while trying to make money. Sure. So, see, but, see, but the, the idea, what we're talking about that makes sense, which is allowing the, um, the, 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 the person making, I guess, those, the videos on Instagram. I sound so old now. <laughs> the, the, the videos, um, <laughs> clipping them into NFTs. Let them do. Let, let it be free to the people to decide what kind of NFTs they want to make. Right, that's pretty cool. You mm-hmm. know, if they want to, you know, uh, uh, create an NFT of, of their own, um, I guess, themselves or their art, whatever they do, their music. That's pretty cool. But now, hey, you know what? You're only gonna you're gonna buy the Facebook. You're gonna buy the Meta T-shirt, digital, the the, the Avatar T-shirt for like a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, and on top of that, you can't export it. It has to stay locally on the Novi wallet. Right. Yeah. Come on now. Come on, man. Um. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's it, well. I mean, whether it's cash grab or not, it's supposed to make the company money. So if you take it away from them, then it's not going to make them as much money. But I mean, it, if it was going to be an open marketplace, it would be an open marketplace. That's not what they're doing. So we'll we'll see as time comes comes about. Uh, it'd be it'd be cool if that this actually does integrate into directly to the sandbox and or to uh decentraland you know that, that'd be pretty cool whatever Zucker, you know zuckerberg uh, is not uh uh what's his name uh dorsey <laughs> they might be in a similar business but they're very different people um zuckerberg in, in, even even though he's younger than dorsey and is still kind of miraculously a billionaire uh i still think of the man as not being all that intelligent <laughs> i mean it's. It feels like he never really learned anything, and I kind of feel the same way about Elon Musk. Yes, Elon Musk he got his fingers into a lot of pies where he was making some really amazing things. But it still doesn't seem like a very smart guy. <laughs> what about Vitalik? Can I throw Vitalik in there? I don't really know much about Vitalik Buterin, so. Um, I mean, I know because he's Russian. They don't want to talk about it. No, I just don't know much about him. I don't. I don't know his character very well, other than what I've read about okay. him on the news. I mean, I I know Elon much better because I know more about him from other people, in particular, um, what's his name, Martin Eberhard, whom I've actually spoken with, like a normal person, not some random, you know, because Martin Eberhard was one of the founders of, of Tesla. 
Um, mm -hmm. And he used to come to the EV meetings that we had in Silicon Valley that I was president of. So I know the man. And uh, he, he just, he didn't ever speak very highly of Musk. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, Musk came in and helped save Tesla. For that, he was grateful. After that, nothing good about the guy. And I have to admit, Elon has lived up to Martin's estimation. <laughs> He's more of a money person, a finance guy, a finance jock, than than a real engineer. So somebody needs to take that role, man. No, I'm it's not saying people can't do that. I mean, you do need to be yeah. a, a CEO. Needs to be a CEO. It's just that mm -hmm. um, not all. Put it this way. Um, What's the name of the CEO of NVIDIA? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of the CEO of um, Western Digital? I don't know. Right. Even though they're like, these the, people, though they're like down the street, though. <laughs> these people don't get out in public like Elon Musk and Zuckerberg and, yeah. and, and uh, even what's his name from Google? Um, I can't remember his name now. Um but uh, they're not they're not public facing people they're not you know people know who Jeff Bezos is even though Jeff Bezos is definitely not a public person um because he's one of the richest men in the world um but uh that's the same thing with the only time i ever heard of sundar the ceo yeah. of google was when he was in front of uh congress and i think he presented himself in a very professional manner that was like the only time i really saw him other than that i mean I, prior to that after that i really haven't heard about him seen him no yeah, well, I'm just, or, that's uh, the point I'm trying to make is that even though they're they're the CEOs of very, very, very wealthy companies and big companies that do things all over the world, they're not getting out there in public all the time. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah, I, have, I don't have anything else. Let me just wrap this up with the uh, last bit. <laughs> Where did that thing go? All right. I had it, and I didn't want to put that up. Thank you. Move that over there. All right. Um, I thought like I didn't already know this. How, how many times have I said this and don't have it memorized? Yeah. If you appreciate our content, thank you for uh, listening this long. This is the end of the show. <laughs> and if you liked our content, please give us a like on YouTube. And if you want to subscribe, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. We post every Wednesday and Sunday. Check us out on Discord and join our Discord if you'd like to participate with us more. And you can support us on Patreon or through Bitcoin, Ethereum, Binance, Bat, or Raven Token. All the description, all the information is in the description below. So with that, thank you, John, for um, coming on the show. I, I still Alyssa's traveling this week, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the reason she's out. Um, well, with that said. Stacks, hats, and hodl. Adios.